ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, graphic novel gurus, fanboys, fangirls around the globe, welcome to yet another extremely captivating, exciting, and thrilling episode of the Vigilant Geek Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Puzak, from Vigilant Geek Media, and with me, as always, is... Holden Orm. Also a Vigilant Geek Media. And uh, special guest back on the show today, we have New England comic, stand-up comedian, and owner-operator of Hotcast Studios, where we record, uh, Nathan Burke. That's me. Yay, I'm here again. Nathan's here again. Nate, it's, well, I'm sort uh, of always here. But it, it's great to have you back here on the show. In your hearts. Well, he, always there's always a lessons of Nathan with us every time we record, yeah. but in uh, the trees, because in the he's because <laughs> he above. knows where the record button is, <laughs> yeah, and that's uh, knowledge that only he has. I know how to press R and space. Oh man, mm-hmm. the guys get skills. What can I say? So, um, we have a very special episode. Every episode seems to be very special around here, but this episode, um, we've decided to. Uh, Broaden our horizons yet again here at Vigilant Geek Media and start covering the field of manga and anime, which is a gigantic part of the geek world and geek uh, news. So um, now, not to break uh, the fourth wall too much, but um, I will say that I am a beginner uh, in the world of anime, uh, I never watched it. I never read any manga in the past. Uh, but my faithful, uh, colleagues here, uh, Holden and Nathan have gotten me into Attack on Titan, uh, the, the show. Now, I understand there's manga that, that has preceded it in, in many, many, uh, volumes of this manga. Mm-hmm. Um, correct. Which I actually, you know, after watching the, the show, the first season, I am interested in picking up said manga because, you know, the animation was so cool. I, I got to believe the artwork is just as cool as that. So um, without further ado, uh, I'd like to uh, open the floor to Mr. Orm, and uh, he'll be kind enough to give us a little bit of background information on the manga slash anime world. All right. Um, so in Japan, they also have comic books. Those comic books are known as manga, or manga, depending. I don't know. I didn't look up the definition. I... Except they're backwards. Yeah, yeah. So they're comics. <laughs> right they're, they're created in Japan. Uh, they refer to comics and cartooning as far as their definition is concerned, and they're read right to left. And they're kind of, like huh. you said, backwards books. Well, I thought you were joking about that. Oh, th- that's really how they're read. I mean, no. like things. I mean, as they're translated, it's not like the words are right to left, but I mean the the frames, right. like the frames, how they're set up is. That's it's, how the, you know, the pictures. Right um, so, like, have, tra- the actual art will go right to left as far as the story is concerned. The panels, correct. So, all right, because the traditional American graphic novel guru would read the traditional American graphic novel with panels going left to right, just like you'd read a body of literature, uh, where, in fact, with manga, the panels go from right to left. Mm-hmm. Oh, hell, I learned something new. And I, w- I would be confused, actually, if I read an actual comic book, like an American comic book, because I'm so used to reading right to left. Right. I haven't read a ton of manga. I should actually preface it by preface this podcast by saying that, like, I've... I'm pretty amateurish in my anime and manga knowledge, 
But oh, I, I you know, know a lot more than I do. I yes, mm-hmm. I, I pick and choose my little things. Like I've been into, I've always, I've been into into like anime throughout my whole life. Just very specific shows, very specific uh, content. Right. Well, I mean, everyone kind of runs into that like gateway anime. Um, whether some people when they're younger they end up uh, watching uh, something like a, a Ninja Scroll or or a Ghost in the Shell or an Akira, but. Um, I speak for myself and probably a lot of other people. A lot of people probably remember like your Sailor Moons or in more in particular, your Dragon Ball or oh, your yeah. Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was a big Dragon Ball Z guy. Yeah. Sailor Moon, Dragon Ball Z. Uh, yeah, those two were, th- those have been on, on TV since we were, we were young. Since Forever. We, since we were, we were youngsters. A whole yeah. huge following. The old Toonami chunk. Toonami, yeah. And, uh, they had that, uh, I remember, you know, I used to be big into Adult Swim, and, uh, it would always, Toonami would, would be on after that, and I, I'd always, like, turn it off. I'd <laughs> yeah. always just say, like, oh, this is Japanese, I'm just uh, gonna turn it off. I was so into that. What was that, like, four to six, I think? The Jeez. block? Like, uh, oh, well, you get the, you got the after school stuff, right? Yeah. So, like, that's when they'd, like, uh... And then they did more adult Toonami, right? Um, yeah. So then there was, like, the after-hour stuff where you'd get, like, your Outlaw Star and your Cowboy Bebop and your Trigun. Was that... Outlaw Star, I think, was on Toonami. Was it? I think. Yeah, I mean... It was, like, a... It was it was almost, like, a PG Cowboy Bebop. No, I remember... I I, I picked it up. I remember it used to be... Getting into it, anime and specifically, was really hard... To do because of the availability. Like back when you were younger, we only had VHSs to deal with and like a VHS tape would just be cost an enormous amount of money. And then things got a little bit easier when with the advent of DVDs, but then like the best way to do it is to buy like whole seasons of stuff, you know? And, mm-hmm. and even that would get really, really expensive. But with the advent now of, uh, of, uh, like Crunchyroll and Netflix, anime is incredibly accessible now. Oh yeah. Much yeah, more accessible than it's ever been before. I'm actually surprised at how much anime is on Netflix because it's just they got know. everything on there. It's 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 awesome. Uh, Cowboy Bebop, um, um, and then there was another one. Uh, Full Metal Alchemist was another one I noticed that's on there. Uh, but yeah, any any anime that you could ever think of, I, I think is pretty much on Netflix, and because of that. People like me, the average John and Jane Q consumer who, who hasn't, you know, hasn't had much experience watching it is like, Hey, this art looks pretty amazing. I'm going to check this out. And you know, I'm noticing some of my other friends and people I know that, uh, are like me who, who hadn't watched anime in the past are now starting to get into it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the story, uh, telling and the writing, you know, you, you, you get the artwork and that, of course, is extremely impressive, you know. But, uh, the storytelling I've found, you know, and I've only really gotten into this one anime so far, but I, I found based on like, you know, uh, reading up on the concepts of some of these other shows and stories, like, their ideas are just so far out of the box compared to like, you know, your typical, uh, DC animated feature or Marvel animated feature, what have you. Uh, the ideas, and we're going to get into that today, and we're going to discuss more about the concepts, but they're just, they're so cool, so cutting edge, uh, so creative. It just, you know, 
it just really just it stimulates your brain almost. I feel like it's uh it's it says something about our the difference in our cultures like American comic books it it's sort of uh it's it has to be set in a almost realism. Like yeah, people are more comfortable with the idea of like oh this this crazy idea but it's still set in the real world. It's still exactly, set yeah. like it like that's what people like like yeah. as far as movies it's like oh this seems kind of cool and like this could actually yeah. happen it's like anime is completely different like the they, japanese yeah. culture is more like they're, the weirder the better they're, yeah they're, oh yeah like they're as real long comfortable as, you can make it, as long as you can pull it off they're really comfortable with creating their own worlds right to in a, so i mean sometimes they relate to what could be considered the real world but other times like they have no problem like creating like their own futures their mm. own just realities uh i remember in dragon ball z like things I remember in Dragon Ball Z, like, they had, uh, like, it was supposed to be on Earth, but at the same time, they just had, like, these extra things that yeah, didn't, they, they'd had no... Call, they'd call it Earth, but, like, they wouldn't, none of the continents were correct. Yeah. Um, there were, like, people that were just dogs. It was, like, a strange... <laughs> that, that, I was like, I was like, why? That'd be pretty big. That'd dog, be a pretty dog big people. Thing. Yes, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, dog people. And just, it's just like, why, why are there animal people on Earth? And they're just like, I don't know. Just cause. <laughs> cause there can be, I don't know. Yeah. Cause I drew that. But, uh. Yeah. Yes, but one of the nice things about anime is as almost every anime that exists is absolutely based on source material from a manga, which is effectively a comic book. So. Isn't it funny how even in, uh, other cultures, some of the best stories coming out in other mediums today have originated from the graphic novel slash manga uh, medium. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it, it's even bigger over there than it is here. Yeah. Because over there, been. adults, kids, old people, everybody has reads a manga. And they come in all sorts of genres. Uh, they have them for comedy and romance. They got mecha ones with giant fighting robots. You got action, detective, martial arts, sports, drama, horror, sci-fi, fantasy. I mean, they, they're like... If Even they're, pornos. They if, do. If you're into the hentai thing. They absolutely do have you that. Know, too. And some people are into, <laughs> you know, watching cartoon characters being caressed by long tentacles <laughs> and weird octopus-like creatures and things of that nature. Well, there's a whole genre for that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think you probably won't find that on Netflix, but, you know, you go to certain places and you can find just about anything on the World Wide Web these days. And Japan's very interesting in that way because, like, sexually, their culture is, like, it's, it's very... Um, they're almost repressed they're repressed yeah. but they're like super repressed like the traditional japanese culture is like super sexually repressed but now at the same time they have these very very abstract like um kinks and and different uh subgenres of <laughs> and, and, that, and, and correct me if i'm wrong but that specifically has to do with the fact that you know Pornography, traditional pornography, is illegal in Japan, mm-hmm. and you can't um, show. I don't know if it's not. Well, there's certain things like you the, can't show. You have genitalia. to blur out pubic hair, <laughs> and it's illegal to, I believe, draw the penis. Yeah, you can't. Wow, that's why everything's blurred. The out. tentacles became a thing. They're like, we need <laughs> some sort of phallic thing that we could get away with 
And then it just became extra weird, and it got like it's a whole genre now. Yeah, tentacles are a symbol of a uh, of uh, oppression. Or well, something. <laughs> I don't know. They've been doing it for forty years at least. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, this they've they've been way ahead of the game as far as like integrating animation into pop culture, not just not just <laughs> well, but like in the in films and everything. It's like been around since the eighties. I mean, they um they take their animation a lot more seriously. Like over here for a long time. People were like executives in Hollywood would be like, huh, that stuff's just for kids. And over there, they, they, uh, they had films coming out like Ghost in the mm. Shell and Akira, which had very mature themes. And I mean, and they, they, I think yeah. they realized that, you know, over there, and we're just sort of catching on over here, it seems, but over there for a long time, they've realized just, you know, how strong of a medium animation can be for storytelling. And because of that, uh, they can take these amazing out of the box ideas and, and they can showcase them in, in a, in a cartoon, in an anime, uh, episode and have them work, you know, have them drawn up and work like that. Whereas, you know, uh, a lot of times in live action, you know, although some live action has come, is starting to come from anime, like we mentioned, uh, I think we mentioned in last week's podcast and when we discussed a little bit of comic book news, uh, we also discussed Christopher Nolan, uh, uh, taking the reins on that, uh, Akira film project. It's going to be a, a three part trilogy live action, uh, Akira series, which is very amazing. But yeah, like the point I was getting at was just, you know, how like we're sort of just catching on, uh, in regards to how great of a medium animation is uh, for storytelling, whereas Japan has realized this uh, uh, for many, many years. Yeah, so. and uh, well, also, that is an excellent point, Andrew. And I would also like to uh, impress on everyone else is that the manga writers and artists, uh, artists and writers, I don't know what I just did, they, uh, they, they work a lot harder. Um, they don't come out in color very much. Usually they come out in black and white, but they release mm. an issue every week. Wow. So whereas here we gotta wait once a month for our, for our books to see where the story goes, these things get pumped out about 52 issues a year. And like every once in a while they do take their vacations. Maybe they get like two weeks off, but mm. I mean, th- these people who are creating these, um, are just working really hard. A lot of them come out in um, serial editions. Uh, some people may have heard of Shonen Jump, which is uh, a magazine that will have multiple manga stories within it. It's kind of like a label, like a Marvel or a DC, where Shonen, a lot of a lot of manga are are developed under mm-hmm. the Shonen Jump name, and a lot of popular anime have, has come out of that book. Uh, yeah. um, uh, jeez, let's see. Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Bleach, Naruto. Um, some of the top, yeah. That like, like big, big, big names. That's your, yeah. That's like your Batman, Superman. That's like, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Of anime. So, that, I mean, that's how it comes Naruto out that and way. Dragon Ball Z. Or, I mean, I. This is one thing I. I really wish I got into Naruto because I I just never have. Naruto is my favorite. But I've heard it's manga so slash anime of all time. I really need to watch all of that. It's or read it. It's very much like Harry Potter with ninjas. Okay. Harry wow. Potter at a ninja school where they trained under other master ninjas in order to become master ninjas themselves and meanwhile taking on mercenary contracts to do various tasks. Mm. It's 
freaking amazing. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta read that. That uh, so I just uh, concluded, so just the it'll way be a lot like... easier to do catch up. But uh, that story as a whole is one of my favorites. I, I actually get like the chills reading it. Yeah, you know, just, like I'm, I'm really into it. I just like the idea with like, I mean, they didn't do this so much in Dragon Ball Z. I'm sure they've done it in you know a thousand other animes that I haven't read or seen, but uh, like in Bleach, the way they the way they do the fight scenes are so complex. It's like this weird like chess game of like, oh, this skill versus this skill. I mean, it's the same to a lesser extent in like Pokemon, but I mean, it's it's just your uh, your powers against theirs, like how they complement each other. Right. Now, right. Would you guys it's very interesting? Not to just cut in here, but would you guys consider Pokemon an anime? Or it, it yeah. absolutely is. It is okay. Is yeah. it based on manga at all? It's based or? on the video game. It's based, based on, on the video. Based game. on the video yeah, game. Yeah. Video uh, game came first in Japan. Yeah. Everything that is animation is considered anime. So mm. over here, episodes of like Justice League or even episodes of The Simpsons or like Family, Family Guy, Guy yeah. would be considered anime. Huh, okay. To them. It's just their, yeah, their word for animation. And, and then our, our, what we choose to call anime is anything that's coming from the East, in other words. So, Correct. coming right, from right. Japan. So, okay, alright, I'll learned a little something else here. I'm learning a lot today, gentlemen. Yeah. Well, actually, when it comes right down to it, though, I think Dragon Ball Z is probably one of the most influential anime ever for the simple fact that the combat involved in Dragon Ball Z clearly influenced gener- generations of artists and writers who created manga themselves. Yeah, And I, I mean, bash it, I Dragon mean, Ball Z all you want of the, the whole arc of just like, I'm stronger. No, now I'm stronger. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I'm at 50%. Now I'm at 100% and all stuff. But it, It's like that in the other ones where they kind of built that on that, like clearly the, this heavy influence from in Naruto and Bleach especially. Oh, yeah. From Dragon Ball Z. But where the, they kind of built on that is in Dragon Ball Z... The main character, Goku, was the only one who could ever win the day. He'd be the only one who could manage to fight the main bad guy that no one else had no chance of beating whatsoever. Except for maybe like that one time where he could have, he just chose not to because he was trying to make everyone else self-reliant. Oh, Cell? Yeah, well, perfect Cell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well... I, if I may, I think Dragon Ball Z was the Hulk Hogan of anime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's, like, uh, it, it really kind of yeah, it kind of cemented the. Uh, and what is no? Genre. Oh, it is, dude. People lost their minds when they heard that they're making a new uh, a new series for Dragon Ball that's continue uh, what happened in GT. What? I didn't even hear that. Wait, you didn't? No. All right. <laughs> well, you're hearing. I haven't heard my from finger me first. on the pulse. It's called. Uh, I think it's like Dragon Ball Z Super S or something. Oh Jesus, dude! Like, just go online, type okay. in new Dragon Ball. There, it's come. Like, if it's, it's going to be an anime, it's going to be a. If it's manga? not, it's it's. Well, I don't know if they're basing it on a manga. Kira Toriyama is kind of old. Anime. He's still alive though, right? Is it going to be like? It's going to be an anime. It's an anime. They're they've been making it. Mm-hmm. Like they probably have. Subbed versions of it, like out there, like right now. Oh man, great! <laughs> <laughs> I was actually, I remember when I found out about GT when I was when I was very young, and I was like, I was like, ah, now I gotta watch this, and uh, like, because you know, you watch all the Dragon, but that was only really like two big arcs. GT. Did you know that when they released it on uh, on Cartoon Network, they cut out a shitload of filler episodes? What on GT? Yep, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, there was like a, like at first it was just like this, 
journey across the galaxy to get the Dragon Balls back with like, and mm-hmm. it was like Goku had been turned younger by like old Dragon Ball villains. They wished him to be young from oh, the yeah, Dragon yeah. Balls. Now, did you like GT? How did you feel about it? Personally, my favorite Dragon Ball of all time was the original Dragon Ball. Yeah, oh, okay. The the stories before everyone could fly and shoot like crazy chi blasts at everywhere. Yeah, because they made the the actual uh, Kamehameha seem more important. It was more important, and the, the characters were, Sweet. I just feel, were more interesting. And the like, but that was more for it was, that more, was more just, for kids, right? It was know? just yeah, and it was it just felt more grounded, really, okay. because it was just like not everyone was this incredible Superman from out of space, right? It seems like every time Goku ran into a new villain, they're like, "Oh, you thought he was the strongest man in the universe? I'm the strongest man in the universe." Yeah. You're like, "Oh my god, I feel his power level. Clearly, he's the powerful man in the universe. Yeah. Now I need to die and go train in heaven and then come back." <laughs> Get wished back to life with the Dragon Balls, and then then yeah. I gotta fight him again. There are a lot of reoccurring uh, <laughs> themes in that, but uh, yeah, I mean, Dragon Ball Z got as influential and as amazing as it was. Like, I don't want to pretend like it didn't get redundant because it totally did. Right, and you'd have full episodes of people powering up and stuff like that, which is why I like the <laughs> the, the Dragon Ball um, Dragon Ball Z. Uh, I can't think of the name of it that they do on Cartoon Network where they cut it up. Oh, uh, Dragon Ball Z Kai. Kai, yeah. Yeah. Um, I like that. I like that they did that. Because they did, you can tell that, you know, they were just kind of lazy on a lot of those episodes. Where well. They, just, like, they were just standing there powering up. and Yeah, a common problem that, like, a lot of uh, animators run into when they're basing it off source material in the manga is that mm. sometimes some manga are so popular that they have to get an anime out there while the popularity is at its peak. So then you run into some issues. Eventually... It, it it takes a long time to build up. Like if you got manga only coming out once a week, eventually you're gonna get to a point because some anime episodes will encompass two or three manga themselves. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna run into a point where you're all caught up to the source material, and at that point you have a choice. You can either a create filler arcs that have nothing to do with the manga whatsoever. Mm-hmm. and wait for the manga to build up enough so that you can go ahead and move on. Or you can just take it off the air completely and just wait for the source material to get caught up enough and then just put it out in a volume again so it makes sense. Yeah. So what? Uh, that's probably what they've done. I mean, we've seen it before. I know you're a big fan of the Bleach anime. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone who's familiar with the Bounto arc... Yeah. Where they, where they got their own puppets and everything. That's rough. You're like, wow, the quality of this kind of really dropped off from the way it used to be. Well, you've run into a filler arc. Yeah. Those are, those are hard to get through. And you sometimes, like, the filler arcs will only last for about four or five episodes, but in their case, they have filler arcs that last two or three seasons. (laughs) And it gets to be pretty hard to sit through at a certain point. It was pretty bad. I, I, I remember, my friend in college who introduced me to Bleach was just like, was just like, oh, this is the Bounto arc. You don't need to really watch this. You can just get past this straight into the uh, the next thing. And I was like, no, I want to see it. I want to see all of it. And he's like, no, you don't. <laughs> he's like, no, you don't. You really don't. I'm like, I'm like, no, I, I kind of hate that. Like, I want to. S- I like to see everything. I like to, you know, be able to talk about it. You know, yeah. whatever. And he was like, he was like, oh, you really don't want to watch this. <laughs> It he's is. Like, it he's was like it doesn't matter at all. It was like twenty five to twenty six episodes, and then and then the next and and in filler arcs like that, they never 
Mm-hmm. The, the characters never improve. Like, a main theme in anime is towards the end, they always find a way through willpower or one other way to somehow power themselves up to a level so they can defeat the main villain. And They're like, no, I got my super, my sword's more super, or I unlocked a secret yeah. technique or something like that. That's, like, one of the main reasons why you why you continue it's a, watching. It's a device, how, yeah. yeah. Yeah, to see how badass it's the plot going. device. Or and, maybe uh, somebody ate a radioactive crab rangoon or something. And... You know what? That's the, that that I could see that. happening. That would be a very anime thing to do. Yeah, yeah. That, I could definitely see that happening, even in Bleach. See, we, we we should write an anime. What the heck? You well, just okay. do whatever you I want. Mean, you could see yeah. cone, cone eating that, eating a radioactive. Oh. <laughs> all of a sudden, they get all these new powers. <laughs> Like, oh, that's like so incredible. That's not that's not even Japanese. That's Chinese food we're talking about here. Yeah, but they but, still do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it could be pizza. It could be anything. Close enough. Yeah. Be like, oh, this power, this scarf gives me the power to look upside down into your soul. Like, you, stop looking yeah. there. No. And this radioactive uh, chicken wing uh, allows me to look into what's under your dress, there, there, sister. You just described like the the plot to like a, an eight season anime. Like, that would be that would just be like the jumping off point. Like I I want to see like a like a a, a meeting yeah. like, or someone's a pitch meeting. Oh my god! It would probably for be... an anime. Yeah, um, like hey, for comic relief, so... he can always see through her clothes, and he'll always get super embarrassed, but she yeah. doesn't know he can. And when he gets embarrassed, he turns into a monster. <laughs> Perfect. We got a show. <laughs> a monster, a monster pig, a monster pig, a monster um, pig, <laughs> and he gets powers that he can't control. But at the same time, he's learning about it, and in, in his subconscious, there's um uh, a chicken. All right, no, no, no. <laughs> and, uh, and he's really a he's really a nuisance. But somehow, there always a villain pops up out of nowhere, and even though he's just out of control, he ends up defeating the villain, and everyone loves him anyway. And he here's the catch. Dead, here's yeah. the here's the real spin on this on the story the villain is a giant walking crab rangoon <laughs> and that's where it came from you'll find that out three seasons later <laughs> oh, oh we got gold here we got gold <laughs> so um you'll yeah. find that out in three seasons they'll build up to that oh, like, yeah. they always do a lot of like backstory uh like backpedaling oh yeah no i love it when they do some backstory stuff me too on that, uh, manga holds some some records. Uh, the longest running in print uh, comic anywhere around the world is One Piece. Oh, is it? Huh. Yeah, One Piece has gone over seven hundred issues. Holy Jesus. Moses! And the guy who's doing it knows how he's going to end it, but he says he's having so much fun writing right now that mm. like it might not be another five to ten years before he even gets around to like wow completing. He's the like, entire I room. know how to end it. And they're just like, how are you going to end it? And he's just like, he dies. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like the Russian from Rocky IV. He dies. If he dies, he dies. <laughs> he dies, he dies. He dies. <laughs> he dies. <laughs> he dies at the end. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I love that. Like, I hope the the writer doesn't die before the conclusion of that. Like, the story... Yeah, it's I, always the worst. And, and, you know... I it, hate it when things aren't concluded. They, it's the worst. Their manga outlives them. <laughs> well, you know, and, and there's another another thing, compare and contrast here. In America, most writers couldn't... I mean, with the exception of maybe, I don't know, George R. R. Martin, but even still, you know, he's at the point right now where the show, Game of Thrones, has 
surpassed uh, his source material. He hasn't finished writing the next book. So no one knows what the hell's ha- going to happen with Game of Thrones. But I'm just using that as an example. I mean, most American writers couldn't fathom writing a story that goes on for that long. But mm-hmm. in Japan, it's like these constraints that would stop a normal you know, writer in our culture. It just... They don't have the same constraints. No. Well, they're also, like, totally overworked. <laughs> like, can you imagine, <laughs> like, like most of these people write and illustrate their own books. So they're wow. putting out 30 issues, 30-page you know, issues once a week, 52 weeks a year. Is it, it would take a normal uh, creative team from, say, D.C., you know, uh, it would take them a month to do what these guys do in a week. Well, you'd need, like... Like sixty four people, and yeah. like they they'd all have like the same meeting because they they did that for a while when with Bat, uh, Batman Eternal, that was a weekly book, right? That was awesome, and it was really good. But they also the, the amount of I think they had like twenty people working on that. They had to like twenty yeah. like half of them writers, half of them illustrators. And like they had some colorists. they had some big name writers and big name artists on that too. And still, you know, it takes all that pe- all, like all those people uh, creatively and and uh, collectively to produce what one man produces in a week over in on the east, over in Japan. Over in yeah. Japan, it's it's just unreal to think about, but. Uh, because they're yeah, at some point they they have someone in charge being like, um, isn't this character like getting getting old? Like at one point is he gonna die? And they're just like, oh no, because he he killed that guy and took his immortal soul, so now he's <laughs> just gonna now he's just alive forever. Oh oh yes. Well, another nice thing too is that you don't have to really worry about uh, continuity over there. Um, the, the there aren't any crossover events. Um. Although I believe that Attack on Titan manga had like uh, a for free comic book day this year, they came out uh, specifically. They did a crossover with Marvel Comics where the Titans actually were walking around New York. <laughs> That's kind of cool, though. Yeah, and then like uh, I hadn't gotten into the anime yet, so I didn't really know anything about it. I'm just like, who are these like like worker slave looking moms and dads just walking around New York City and they're just really tall and like, <laughs> they're getting webbed up by Spider-Man and punched by Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then at the end of it it's like uh like the Guardians of the Galaxy show up. Oh, well forget it. As soon as they show up uh Oh, you know. party's over, guys. Yeah. No, but that's the only time I could ever think of any crossovers. Most of the time they create their own rich worlds with like their own characters. And then some of them last for a decent amount of time, but like not too many really go beyond very f- uh, extended limits. Limits. Uh, there are only a th- I think there's only really a handful out there that have uh, continued beyond like 200 issues. Usually they do it about a year, and then they decide to go work on something else. Hmm. But that's why it's so crazy that One Piece has been going on for as long as it has. Yeah, that's another one I haven't read. Over 700. Well, that one's amazing too. That's like in my top three of like. Personal faves. That like one Naruto's maybe not so one. easy to catch up on. <laughs> I imagine. Yeah, like you'd really have to just find a good pirate website and then just like get a decent amount of caffeinated beverages and just uh, mm-hmm. just hunker down. I remember getting caught up on Bleach pretty fast. So I mean, set up the catheter. Set up but the that, catheter that was and... at the point that I was like only up to like the Wake of Mundo uh, arc. Yeah. So. Well, this is 700, so uh, I think if you really, like, if you just spent your 
your free time doing that mm-hmm. and just because you could probably read like I think fifty two issues a night. Yeah, I think I think um, you yeah, gotta take I, breaks. Your eyes will definitely feel like they're gonna bleed a little bit. But... I, I think bleach is ending soon, so usually like I'll like I I always need one to 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 be into. Oh, uh, to be well. So once that ends, I'll, I think you I'll should go with one. Naruto personally, okay. just because that's how good it is. Yeah, even though One Piece is that good too. Plus, it's so damn popular. I mean, I feel like you know I'm missing a whole a whole section of the anime culture by not wa- reading that. Yeah, I mean, I've never participated in the anime culture. Yeah, yeah. I'd never, like, honestly, like, I'm the only person I really know that, like, enjoys it. But I, I don't know, Holden. I I might have to, to put you on blast for a second for that because you have participated in the anime culture. I remember Boston Comic Con 2013. You were the only member of our anime trivia group that was able to answer all the questions uh, correctly oh no i think i only got one answer right and that was before we even started playing the game but andrew's right yeah i did participate (laughs) in the anime culture no we we did a little trivia game i didn't know any of the answers so i was blurting out random stuff but holden (laughs) holden actually sort of knew what they were talking about and then we were with like you know everyone else in our group was was what like a high school kid that yeah yeah (laughs) And they, just, they, they, they like thought we were like the cool older guys, but we really just felt like the two creepy old guys in the room. Like, but whatever, it was cool. You know, they wanted to hang out and talk about anime. Andrew know. just answers everything with radioactive crab rangoon. Yeah. <laughs> he gets like half of them right. That's like pretty much, that's not far off from like some of the answers I was blurting out. So, um, yeah, that's how it went. But, uh, we, uh, but uh yeah so i don't know <laughs> outside of that one uh that one interaction uh, i don't really know anybody outside of nathan who really uh, really enjoys but i i'm starting to jump on the bandwagon here so i'm writing down a list of uh the animes that i'm going to be getting into after attack on titan and it looks like i'm going to go for naruto uh akira cuz i'm really anxious to see like what that movie is going to be about and i would love to check out Cowboy Bebop. Absolutely. I love Cowboy Bebop. Just because I've heard so many good things It's probably my favorite anime. Andrew, if you can, I think you really should check out Fist of the North Star. Not the original Uh, ones. There was a movie that came out in 2000. I'll have to check that out, too. I'll check that. I'll write that down on my list of my to-do. My anime to-do list is getting very big. That one was very good. It's kind of mad, like a kung fu Mad Max. Mm -hmm. Uh, They do a lot of good futuristic dystopia stuff. Really yeah, well. Yeah. I, I That's mean, definitely like my wheelhouse. I love dystopias. Yeah. Oh, geez. I love I love seeing populations just living in squalor <laughs> under like a giant like fascist regime. No, there's <laughs> nothing prettier than that. But Cowboy Bebop is is easily probably my favorite because it's, it's easy really to good. blow through. It's like you know. It's, oh, it's like, it's 20, like 25 25 episodes. episodes. Yeah. In not unlike uh, the Batman the animated series, which was probably the best American animation. That I've seen, mm-hmm. um, and um, it, it kind of has is unbelievable too. These two to three episode arcs that kind of stand that can stand alone if they choose to, and it's just excellent. And it's got this whole like it's different from other anime because it's like it's got this whole sort of uh, American film sort of um, motif to it. Like it's almost like a film noir in some ways. It's like, it, it feels like it has like this Ooh. jazz and blues sort of like music. It's a, and in, stuff like too. The, the animation. Let me ask you: when you talk film no, film noir, 
the animation, I mean, is it like kind of like dark, shadowy? No, or is it more like it's more later. Like it's, it's actually, I think the artist, I think the creator of it was very influenced by American like seventies films, like Scorsese stuff. Yeah, right? okay. So I think you dig it a it's, lot. It's it's a it's a story about uh five in, well four or five individuals. Mm-hmm. Let's see, we got four. Valentine Jet. Spike and then Edward. Ed, yeah. so, so four four main characters, and they're all bounty hunters in space. And Jet used to be kind of like Lobo, uh, well, but not really, huh? Not as not as powered up. They all, <laughs> they're not really the main man. He's, he's he, yeah, he's a very ground like realistic character. Yeah, like, Jet, oh, okay. Jet's a uh, like a retired detective from uh, mm-hmm. one of Saturn's moons, I think. Yeah, and, uh, and Spike had um, connections with the Martian war. There was a war that he was. There in. was a war of his, and then he was also involved in uh, this organized crime element on uh, Mars. Mm-hmm. And then Valentine, her deal is she's a, she was a, one of the earlier humans who was frozen because they were going to find a cure to her disease. Well, they unfreeze her, they find the cure for her disease, and then they give her a bill for the whole time she'd been frozen. (laughs) That is actually extremely realistic. And then she just breaks bad (laughs) after that. Um, And she's very hot. Yeah. Oh, and then I now I <laughs> one un- of my favorite hot anime characters. <laughs> I understand that uh further down the road uh she actually uh becomes a, a hentai star uh <laughs> in order to fulfill this uh sure. financial obligation she currently has uh with the medical institution that's billing her. I wouldn't be surprised so if they made they just took the license and then made the characters do crazy sex stuff. Mm-hmm. They, that's actually pretty common <laughs> in Japan. <laughs> They'll take these licensed characters, right? And then they'll just have them do crazy sex stuff in these side films that have nothing to do with the normal anime. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, now we're in the sexy universe. <laughs> oh, I might, have, goes. I might have to, to, to set up residency there. That's the good thing about hentai. You can just look up something of, uh, like if you like a show, it's like, hey, I kind of want to see them have sex. Yeah. <laughs> and you can. Like that, just Google it. Your dream can be a reality. It's not like, uh, Mm. Oh, never mind. I forgot my reference. <laughs> oh, damn it. Well, either way, I'm sorry to keep derailing us here talking about hentai. I'll try not to mention it again. Yeah. Well, I think that was a good uh, anime general precursor to Attack on Titan. Now, there we go. So today, in Spirit specifically, we will be talking about Attack on Titan. That's the uh, the anime series that I have seen, or most of it, uh, about two-thirds of it. Uh, these guys have, of course, seen it all. I, I had a mutual friend of ours, Ellie, got me into it, wanted me to. Yeah, watch she's, it. she's she's read all the manga. She's all into anime. She I knows. I don't know. Like she's done everything short of learning Japanese. And then, <laughs> yeah. We might have to have her on the show sometime. Yeah, yeah maybe. We'll see. But anywho, yeah, Attack on Titan. Another very it, it's um it's it is like dis it's. It's oddly dystopian, though. Oh, it cer- certainly is, though. It's, it's very- a strange medieval type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got the mood of kind of. It's in its own way. It's the Japanese Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. uh, the whole premise of Attack on Titan is somewhere along the line in the future, these humanoid creatures called Titans appear as if out of nowhere and just massacre the human population. So somehow 
the human population makes one bastion of resistance against these these titans and they build these enormous walls and there's three of them and they form a ring we got one enormous one on the outside which would be considered wall maria then we have another wall within that wall which is mall uh, wall rose and then on the innermost ring is wall cena and that's where the John feudal king cena. <laughs> you can't see me, Titan. <laughs> oh, it's the AA. He he killed all the Titans. He saved everybody. Yeah, that'd be ah! that'd be, there's a crossover for you. There you go. Well, they like cross. If they crossed over with uh, with Marvel Comics characters, mm. I, I, this is exactly the type of thing that Vince McMahon would want to have happen. Yeah. Of course, I don't know how they're going to make it so that Titans somehow end up in their wrestling ring. They're just much too big. <laughs> It's just Andre the Titan. Yeah, no, they they go and versus Mason the Mauler, <laughs> and you got a Titan, and it's like barely fitting in the ring, and it and it doesn't talk because it's just this thing that just eats humans, mm-hmm. and it's just like <laughs> poor mic work. <laughs> uh, it's kind of like Brock Lesnar, except uh, a little bit better on the le- mic, less scary, <laughs> and less scary, yeah. So, anyways, they built all these walls to keep the Titans out, and they kind of lived fairly secure with them among themselves in this in this enclosed area with very little supplies or anything, and they kind of had, like, their own farms and trees and everything, and things are going along okay, and the people are just kind of living in the secluded area, and that's when the story starts out. We end up meeting our main characters, Aaron Yeager, Mikasa Ackerman, and Armin Arlet, or Arlert. I can't tell. I'm not sure. I don't know. I got it written down. Anyway, so I'm in something. They're all hanging out and they're talking together, and then it's like kind of forbidden in society to go and seek out and and try to go outside to the outside world because there's just titans out there and they're just gonna eat you. And uh, and they go talking about it and everything. And Aaron wants to join the scout regiment when he gets older and, and go outside the gates and see what things are like outside. And the and, scout regiment is the, the, the branch of their sort of military that, that actually goes out and. Right. They're and the ones, they're to, the only ones brave enough to go outside the gate. Well, their main task. And mm-hmm. usually they get massacred by Titans. So. And then we might dangerous. as well discuss the other sects of the, the military because you also have the garrison regiment that protects the wall. Correct. Mm-hmm. And then the military police. Which, uh, patrol the innermost wall in Cena. And they, they have a kind of ass backwards thing where yeah. if you, depending on your graduating class, if you have the highest grades, only the top ten in your class are allowed to move on to the military police. Which stay inside the walls. Right. And, and then. Them. Which makes no sense to me. And, yeah. But I'll get it, I'll get it. Because that, you but. want the, your upper echelon people in. Yeah, wouldn't, like, wouldn't protecting you want. The, royalty yeah, and everything. the people that are the best at killing the Titans, wouldn't you want them on the scout regiment going yeah. out to go kill these Titans? You That's, don't want them hidden on the innermost wall as the last line of defense. One That's of the great of the hypocrisies, yeah. a lot of elitist stuff, a lot of your upper class versus lower class stuff. Because um, you got it, Mikasa, who's like the balls at killing Titans, yeah. you know, but they they want to stick her in the military police because of her high marks in the academy or whatever, you know. So you get an ass backwards system there. Yeah, and a lot, and a lot of the main characters obviously like score high, and that's kind of why they're the main characters. 
but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they they end up scoring high, and they all you know they all want the uh, government wants them to join the military police. Yeah, because they that they want the the best and brightest to protect the royal family, even though they got like two walls mm-hmm. protecting them. But as the main story goes along in the very first episode, there are a one hundred meter tall titan breaches the the wall, breaches wall Maria. Basically just kicks it in. It just because he can look it, over the it, the it's wall. looking over it, it's this like just muscle and sinew and it's got like ten million different like perfectly shaped like square teeth and it's just like and it kicks the wall and all of a sudden all the titans just flood in um so the titans they they look like human beings they they go from three to 15 meters um they don't have any uh reproductive organs that i could see so we don't know where they come from just and, to throw that out there. And their only purpose is to eat human beings. That's mm-hmm. all they're interested in doing. Well, they have a bloodlust where it's not even something, it's almost like an involuntary thing. Like they, they crave the taste. And the, yeah, and an interesting thing about that is, um, like the, I like the scientist character that's where I can't think of her name, but, um, they talk about how it's like they don't even need to eat people to survive. It doesn't even help them in, in like a way that, Help is like a nutritional value. To they them. just do it. They just do it. Yeah, and it's like they're not even really alive. They're just kind of like brutal. These. And a lot of ways, the Titans are a lot scarier than any zombie horde you could ever encounter. Oh, I can mm-hmm. attest to that. Because uh, I mean, besides the size factor, I mean, just the way they were drawn. It's just the fact that you're looking at you know an organism that clearly isn't thinking rationally at all but clearly has the ability to just reach down pick you up and just shovel you into their mouth and crunch why because they want to it's not because they have to they they just have this primitive drive just to eat humans it's like like, and gluttonously eat humans not like if it's giants we're zombies pretty much yeah Yeah. it's such a cool concept because it's sort of you know a mashup between two different uh horror entities if you mm-hmm. will uh it works really well and it's just like i i equate this scenario where you have the titans uh you know that crave human flesh and or crave human blood uh i equate it to like you know you're at like a cocktail party and there's like a bowl of delicious peanut M&Ms on the, on the buffet table and you don't need those peanut M&Ms to survive and they're not going to do anything good for you, but you can't stop eating them. You know, you can't stop going back to the little bowl of M&Ms to scoop up another handful. Same deal. They don't need to this, eat humans to survive, but they love to eat the humans. They just, they just eat the humans. And they're looking at us like we're, or they're looking at the humans like they're that bowl of M&Ms. Like, okay, oh, they, like I'm just gonna reach down and scoop you up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they just look at you like some, like, some crazy animal, and they're just yeah, like... Yeah, it's almost like a dog lo- or a cat on rabies. Oh, and, right, yeah. right. And then, like, the other creepy thing is, like, all the heads are designed like, they look like random people you'd see in cars. Oh, yeah. They're just like, oh, I'm like a random ugly guy, and I'm driving to my nine to five. Yeah. Do-do-do-do-do, except it's on like the body of a thirty to fifteen mm. meter tall like just the, yeah the uh, killing machine. Yeah, and the the, the aspect of it that um <clears throat> I don't I don't think it was really addressed, but I feel like it will be addressed is the idea that like 
the Titans have like the, the smiling nice guy. Yeah. They're like these used car salesman type faces. That's that's the creepiest aspect. Right. Actually, and it's like and it's like almost trying to make the humans like the ideas to make the humans trust them because they're smiling human faces. So it's like, is that part of their um their genetic makeup? Part of their like hunting scheme is like to make humans trust them by having these. Giant human smiling faces. Yeah, they, they almost look giddy. Like they're so happy to have yeah, broken yeah. through the wall and just that they have these yeah. nice little or, human hors d'oeuvres to eat. They're like, oh, goody. Oh. And I don't, think they, I don't think they blink. <laughs> I, don't think they I have, haven't like, seen them blink either. They just kind of gaze out into mm-hmm. the abyss of nothingness. And you can tell there's just nothing going on cerebral, cerebrally, you know, in their mind. They're just wandering around wrecking shit and eating people so you got a very reckless very dangerous uh antagonist in the story for sure yeah and uh so uh moving right along the uh in the in the kind of like the first episode a lot of stuff happens so the titans break through the wall everyone in aaron's town's pretty much massacred everyone tries to escape to the other side because there's like a smaller around wall around their town you know but then there's this armored titan that shows up, and it smashes the other door. So that means everything within Wall Maria is completely compromised. Mm-hmm. All of it. And there's all sorts of farmland and everything, and the amount of resources they had to support the human population gets grim. They talk about how a few more years go by and how they had an exodus where people trying to reclaim everything. And they just send like weak people with like little or nothing to eat outside the gate to try to with pitchforks trying to reclaim land from these enormous titans who are just like perfect killing machines just they're like mm-hmm. perfectly designed to just eat people and then like it just culls like like a whole third of the population so right out the gate we're living in a very grim reality and that's of course when Aaron Mikasa and Armin end up going to uh Go to the military training once they become of age, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's when uh, we get to the kind of the next yeah. story arc. And the yes, just the uh, the content of their character is uh, they do a hell of a lot of character development during yeah. that uh, during the training aspect. You you see another thing that Aaron's attack- just extremely passionate and wants and like his only purpose in life is to kill to titans. kill titans. Mikasa's only purpose is to make sure that Aaron doesn't die. And, and she's Armin super, is super skilled. And Armin's really smart, but he's got terrible self-esteem because he feels he can't somehow contribute to the greater good, which is false because there are any number of times when his intelligence ends up saving them, mm-hmm. which comes up in the next arc. Right, later on in the Oh yeah, and I mean the plan that Armin puts together with like uh I don't know, they had the 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 line, like all the best uh uh, like marksmen, like all lined up, like were oh, they... in that like little elevator. Thing yeah, right yeah, yeah. And then they draw like all those titans like really close to them, like mm. the point where the titans are like within eating range. Right, and, and then, then they, they just... just shoot them in the face, hoping it'll stun them, and then everyone jumps down and yeah, and cuts the back yeah. of their neck. By the way, the only way to kill a titan because they regenerate like Wolverine, like crazy faster than Wolverine. Like mm. you cut off one of their legs, and that that'll which like, is really cheap. Which is just really cheap because, you know, they're all, they're already like giant zombies to begin with, but oh yeah, they can regenerate too. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, like they're, it's like, can we make this like any more, 
you know, of, of a, a grim prognosis right now than it already is? Well, we can because it happens. So then, yeah, the only way to, <laughs> the only way to kill a Titan is to cut off like the, this part on the back of their neck. It's like a really small area and you gotta be extremely skilled. And it just cuts like basically just where they're, I don't know. Like, kind of like where the vertebrae it's, it's would like, be. I guess it's like, like their central nervous system obviously like right yeah. in the back of the neck is where like the central nervous system really like mm-hmm. goes to the brain like from the, like all your nerve endings yeah. from your body. So it would make sense that that would be, you know, the way to end a titan. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, this is the part where they really stick it to you. Cause what Attack and Titan as a series loves to do is they will take a two to three episode span. They will introduce you to a new character. They will make you really like and identify with this character. You will get tons of backstory on this character. Mm-hmm. And then they will be killed brutally by a Titan. <laughs> and it's like clockwork. It just happens. Mm-hmm. Like I'm becoming like an emotional husk whenever I when I was watching it because it was just like you become invested in anybody. Cause yeah, like, I was just like they're just, like, just gonna get eaten anyway. Ugh. So well, similar to like <laughs> I, you know, similar to the way Bleach sometimes does things. Like they'll have a villain, and then like they'll have them battling with like one of the one of the hero characters and one of the captains. And uh, then they'll do some backstory thing. That is just like, oh wow, that's where that that personality came from and you like start to like sympath like empathize with them a little bit well a lot of and that like right before they die it seems like a common theme in a lot of anime where they'll be like oh this is why that's the way they are and like oh i can respect that like why they're that way now they they then they get killed (laughs) they'll make yeah they'll make some of the villains more interesting than the main characters you'll Mm -hmm. be able to empathize with them and understand where they're coming from but they're still really bad and in yeah. the way, it just kind of it's bittersweet because like you you love your main characters, but then they die. In this case, you you think they're just kind of building characters around everyone in these main characters, and then they die. Actually, during the that arc, everyone thinks Aaron is dead because mm-hmm. Armin ends up getting saved by Aaron, and Aaron ends up swallowed by Titan. And then later on, there's this other Titan that's about 15 meters tall, and it's just going ape shit. It is bashing the fuck and straight killing other Titans. Yeah. And that's when we find out that Aaron One of the Yeager, coolest parts, I think, that, yeah, that, that I've seen so, so far. So cool. yeah. One way or the other, not entirely explained, but somehow Aaron has the ability to turn into a 15-foot-tall... Muay Thai, like, killing machine titan who only kills other titans. Right. So it was, like, the 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 passion behind Eren and, like, his fighting skills uh, inside a, one of these zombie titan creatures. Yep. Now, and it just... I got a question about this whole thing, because when I saw, you know, that, you know, like, like I like to call him the... Uh, Ally Titan, I guess, uh, but like the, you know, the Titan that's killing other Titans and, you know, eventually the Ally Titan falls. Um, and you see Aaron like pop up, these little body pop up out of the head, the back of the head. Yep. And that, that sweet spot where you kill Titans and then that was like that central command spot. Is that what he's connected to? Yep. So yep. cerebrally, like since he's connected to that nerve, I'm just trying to think of like any way to explain like in a somewhat biological and scientific manner how this could be possible. Yeah, they and, haven't even explained it in the anime yet. Okay, all right. Yeah, so, I wasn't so sure. As but, far as you get to, yeah, they they 
they're saving that, like the the actual. That's gonna be a that's gonna be a big spoiler alert, uh, or a big uh, a big plot hole that they gotta fill. Mm-hmm. But uh, I gotta tell you, you know, I was so like surprised, like in a way, like I I'm usually pretty good at predicting like what's gonna happen with TV shows and things like that, comics. But I I did not expect that. I didn't expect Aaron's. But I thought he was gone. I didn't think we'd see him again, and he pops up out of uh, that giant titan body, and I was just like, oh, "Holy bejesus!" Uh, yeah, I love the the episode after that where they show like what happened, and like yeah. you just see the giant arm come out of like the the other titan's body, yeah, the other titan's mouth, and he just like rips them open from inside. It's it's so, and, uh, uh, yeah. the other part too when uh gruesome he's, when he's when when he's when he's eaten and uh. He's floating around in the Titan's stomach and he's seeing like all these people he know, he knows that they're all like, you know, mm-hmm. chewed up and, and it's just mm-hmm. so grim, but it like. He's uh, just like, covered in blood and gas. Yeah, he's juice. just, yeah. yeah, he's just laying there in the, in the stomach with the, yeah, exactly. That whole grim scene, if you can predict like a, like a dark pool of bloody ass acidic water with dead body parts and Mm-hmm. Imagine seeing a bunch of your friends, uh, you know, dead body parts in there now, like inside the stomach. So, so this sort <laughs> of, uh, creates like a fire, a spark under Aaron's ass and just kind of like, yeah. gets him like to the point where like, it's not just motivation. It's just, it's something greater than that. It, well, it's, it's part of what triggers his transformation. That, that motivation to just, all he wants to do is kill Titans. One, that's one big motivation factor that, and then a little later on in the anime, we discover that the reason he tr- – that's the other trigger for him transforming is he has to be in pain. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. So when, he, when he's in pain he and when he's hand. motivated like that, yeah. when he's really, really motivated to kill Titans, that's when he transforms. Because yeah. I know there was some trial and error there uh, where he wasn't able to turn when he needed to, and that posed a problem. Correct. Uh, until he figured out, you know, what triggers the transformation. Yeah. Right. So, if, I, I know we haven't mentioned it yet, but if you're just in case you're wondering, well, how do human beings somehow manage to get behind the neck of these titans? Well, they do a lot of their fighting with the titans in these, in these kind of inner cities, and they have this device where they get this rig where it kind of shoots out a cable, and that cable hooks onto something, and then it, it pulls them along, and there's, they got two cables, so, it, they move laterally up and down. It's kind of kind of like Spider Man. Kind of like Spider Man, yeah. exactly. It's pretty cool. And then, then along with that, they have these swords, and then they, they try to use the swords, and they're not because really the life most agile. finds a way. Yes, you find a way to defeat your enemies. It's interesting though yeah. to see what the you know the, the the trial and error that the humans go through to try to adapt. Uh, to the situation at hand in order to protect themselves. And, you know, they create, they created those little gas powered, uh, jet packs that help them, uh, get around as well. We mentioned the cables. And then, you know, as the story progresses, they keep finding other little ways to adapt to the situation. And a lot of it has to deal with Armin's, uh, uh, strategies and how he plans uh you know smarter and more effective ways of uh working together as a team which the humans had not been able to do at all you know up until a certain point uh in uh you know taking down the titans together so 
Right. Well, you know, except Ada- for that. adapt to survive. Well, what the, was, uh, what's, uh, sorry, the uh, uh, Levi's group there. Well, I forgot the name of their group, but oh, that's yeah. right. They, well, in, they're in, probably the 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 ones who do know how they, they have. They're the most a successful, but they're not sharing any information with anyone else, and they're not being. You know, it's it's like they want all the glory or something. Well, you know? that's not so much that, but they're the only people who are brave enough. In order to take on that sort of task, like yeah, okay. And uh, after that arc where they finally seal up the wall, because what happened is after the second wall gets breached, after they get out of basic training, and the, they're about to breach Wall Rose, which means Wall Cena will be the only wall left standing. Somehow, Aaron finds a way to turn into a Titan, takes a giant rock. Wall Cena. He goes, he takes the boulder, and he blocks it off. They find a way to kill the Titans. And then there's a trial because they find out that there are humans that can turn into a Titan. No, we don't trust us. What's to stop Mm -hmm. them from turning and eating everyone in the middle of the night? Then the scout regiment goes ahead and makes a deal and says they'll keep an eye on him. And if he does it, they'll kill him themselves. That's when you meet meet Levi, Mm -hmm. their squad leader. And Levi's so dreamy. And as you kind of... (laughs) A that's lot the of, idea. He's like the celebrity. Yeah. Like yeah. He's like the titan most successful killer. titan killer. And everyone's like, that's Captain Levi. Wow. I want an autograph. And he's like, oh, everyone needs to just shut up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you. But um, you kind of learn like how cowardly like the people within the world of Attack and Titan are. Um, a lot of them are... They're scared shitless, everyone. If they're not good enough to make the cut, this is like, everyone's just, a lot of them are just straight cowards. And the only people who really aren't are the people who are crazy enough to join the scout regiment. The people who join the scout regiment are mentally unstable. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of like, their bravery and just their nuttiness is kind of what allows them to, to be like the successful titan killers. Because you run into, uh, because the... The people, who, everyone in the garrison are just the people who were scared shitless, but they weren't uh, good enough to make the cut for the military police. And the people in the military police are really good at what they do, but they keep them very close to the royalty and the nobility who are left within humanity to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. And they're they're like three walls away, away from the Titans. They don't really have to deal with the issue so much. And they're still right. capitalizing on all the death and famine and everything else. There's going a lot on. of commentary on like class structure in, in Attack on Titan. There Big is. time, yeah. and it becomes progressively more and more so. Mm. And I think that's what they're going to do going forward: is kind of incorporate um, more more about how that upper class knows what's going on. But meanwhile, they're not telling anybody about it. Yeah. Which is actually extremely pertinent to real life and some of the large governments that are, uh, on our, uh, in our world today. Top secret intelligence stuff going on. Yeah. So in a way, it's a very pertinent underlying theme that I really hope they do explore even more in next season. I'm sure they will. Because I think that the general there, the bald guy, I can't think of his name. Yeah. Yeah. Has, has. It begins with a P. It's like Pixis or Pic- something. Pixis, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, oh, he's, wow. he's actually really cool. He's he a, is cool a cool character. character. He's sort of like this out of the box thinker. He's not a traditional leader. He's just kind of like, like, you know, explores every option. Mm-hmm. And he sort of looks at Aaron, uh, and sees like, okay, this, like, you know, everybody else is scared shitless and they can't think rationally. But I've, I'm older and I've seen everything, you know, so, I'm looking at this kid and he's got this extraordinary ability and I'm going to use it 
to capitalize on it to, you know, mm-hmm. save the human population. And, and if, you know, there are repercussions for that, then so be it because we're getting our asses handed to us right now. And this he, is our only option. He also doesn't seem to trust the royal, the royal class or the, right. the, yeah, the government. They, they really seem to have their own interests at heart. It really shows the, like, they're really like the more like, terrible qualities of human nature like cowardice and being selfish and mm-hmm. trying to like capitalize on situations that are just like absolutely terrible mm. it's just it's yeah like like for instance you have some of those uh disgruntled uh members of the regiment that are going to they're saying they want to use the next titan attack as a distraction to just flee you know to just run away like they don't care. We're gonna be dead in a few days. We want to spend the you know the re- the last couple of days of, of life as a human being with our families. And mm-hmm. you can sort of sympathize with that too. But then, you know, you gotta look at these people and realize, well, they have no sense of duty, and they're just gonna like up and leave their their you know comrades you know to be eaten while they take off. I mean, ex- that's, that's a perfect example right there. Of And there's many examples of this cowardice mm-hmm. uh, to the point where it's really only a select few. It's really like the main characters are the only ones showing any backbone at, at a certain point in. Except Armin, who can't deal. Armin can't, can't deal, deal, but what, what, bro, can't deal, bro. <laughs> what, what's Armin's saving grace is, is he's like the ultimate strategist, you know? Yeah. Like he's just, he's just such a brilliant person. And, it, and there's a part where they sort of, um, like, uh, Mikasa sort of lifts his, lifts up his ego a little bit or lifts up his self-esteem by saying like, no, we're, we're, we're waiting on your orders. Right. Like we're waiting for you to tell us what to do. Like we trust what you, what your decision is. Right. He's like, he's like, what? Why would you listen to me? Yeah, he just, he's, he's got terrible self <laughs> He considers self-esteem. himself like the weak link, you know? Yeah. But, uh, I mean. They're like, no, you're the smartest one here. What? But he still, yeah. he still tries his damnedest to try to keep up with everyone else. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he, he, he's got that effort. He's got that in him. He may have low self-esteem, but he's not to the point of just being a total coward, like, you know, much of the regimen has become. No, well, he's he's got his own fears, but he 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 stands up and he stares them in the face. Mm-hmm. Like as many times as he's been confronted by titans, he 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 still stands and and like at least attempts to fight in his own way. To the point where where you know he's legit like been inside of a titan's mouth. Mm-hmm. I mean, you want to be have something to be afraid about. You want to talk about something that's going to give you nightmares for the rest of your life? Oh, just creepy smile, just crunch, yeah, crunch, legit. Crunch. When Aaron, when Aaron saved him, he was legit like trying to crawl out of the Titan's mouth. Yeah. Like that's like probably the most trauma, one of the most traumatizing things I could personally think of mm-hmm. happening to a person. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, this sometimes this this is anime really will get you like really depressed because you're like, oh, they're gonna mount their counterattack. They got all these high speed guys. They know exactly what they're doing and their things, and they, they start off the thing, and they're like, they're zipping around and their lines, and all of a sudden, like Titans are like jump up like little fish and just crunch, and they just people just get massacred yeah. like there's, right there's, out the gate. There's like a, no hope, none. There's a mood of uh, futility throughout the whole thing. Oh my <laughs> goodness. 
Like, there's no competing with these things. Like, what are you going to do? And as grim as that is for a story like this, I think it's really the only way they could have gone about it. They couldn't have gone about it with, like, you know, uh, a regiment that's, like, super pumped and motivated and excited to, to go kill these things or, uh, you know, they're, they're actually, like, successful in killing them. No, that wouldn't work, you know, because in order to showcase what an unbelievable threat the Titans are, uh, you have to show in the story, you know, the repercussions for the Titans breaking through the wall and, mm-hmm. and what goes along with that. And it is futile for most of the first season until they realize what assets they do have. Well, I mean, even, even after they find out that Aaron is, uh, has this ability to transform, um, it just, it just seems that for every one victory humanity gets, the Titans get five victories. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it's still an excellent piece of work as an art form because it really does make you feel like these emotions and they might be kind of unclean. Like you don't like feeling, may not want to feel scared or depressed or just like felt like you're just being made to be like ha- live out this feudal, feudal resist, uh, existence you know mm-hmm. but see and that's you know what that's a perfect example of a point that you made earlier on uh i forget which podcast it happened in but i remember you making one of the strongest points that any of us have ever made on this podcast and that is you know in order for art to be successful, it has to register an emotional response. Now, that emotional response can be anything from, you know, a tear-jerking cry to laughter or what have you. But, you know, if, if, if any type of artwork, if it's grip, you know, in order for it to be gripping, in order for it to make an impact, it has to register that emotional response. And there's no way anybody could watch you know, uh, a, a series like this or read the manga and not feel that emotional response, which is why it, it you know, this story was just done so well. Yeah. So. No, I agree with myself. And Absolutely. Like, <laughs> it's like each, and it's like each, um, each almost advance in, in like what they understand about Titans results in another conflict. Like when Aaron turns into a Titan, then everyone in the, the city doesn't trust him. Right. And they think they're like, oh, he's a titan, let's kill him. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I mean, things he's get evil. even more yeah. interesting, uh, towards the end, you find out that there's a, there's another human being that is turning into a titan mm-hmm. that has assassinated two titans that they captured and were experimenting on. And not only that, it's, it's this woman and she appears out of nowhere when the scout regiment's doing this recon outside the gate to try to retake Walmaria. And, she just comes out and they have their own formation and they, they end up trying to capture her and then they almost do, but she ends up like taking out most of the people within the scout regiment. Mm-hmm. And then there becomes a, um, a sort of the, in- intelligence that they understand that they, like certain Titans have. And it's usually the ones with the muscular yeah. uh, appearance. Oh, they, they have these ones that, um, they're, they're the normal ones, but then skin. what are the, there, there's a certain kind of Titan, like a variant or something. Yeah, a variant. They're like, they're, sometimes they're a little weird. They get their arms up like T-Rexes and they can run faster than other ones, or sometimes they look they're just like, yeah, you know, wild card I was wondering, I'm glad you explained that, cause like, I kept hearing about variants, like when I was, you know, reading the subtitles and everything, and I'm like, like, what are you, what are they talking about, variants? Like, I thought they were, like, 
the first thing that came to my mind was variant covers for a comic book. It's the only time I really hear that word used. <laughs> so I'm like, like variants, variant Titans. Okay. All right. So they're Titans that have, you know, abnormal qualities for yeah. a Titan. Yeah. But sometimes that works in their favor. And they don't, they don't know what's different about it, but they just know it's different than the nature of a normal Titan. They, like yeah. some of them are a little faster. Yeah. Or they're just a little, like more, more energy. Like okay. there's one just, no, just chasing them that was just like, Bouncing off the walls. And but this, this, <laughs> this learning that there are other, there are these titans that are not titans. They are in fact humans who can somehow turn into titans. Mm-hmm. Which is what Eren is. And, and what this woman turns out to be. It, it really adds a new wrinkle to the story. Right. It's a big wrinkle to the story. And a big what, penis wrinkle. And then it's like you look at the titans like the one, <laughs> the, like the one that, uh, the the giant one that broke through the, the barrier yeah, in the, the colossal one, and the, then there's the, the armored the armored titan, titan. and we come to realize that it's like these are people inside, and for titan some reason bodies. they wanted to destroy the gates to somehow turn mm. humanity into chaos and, yeah. and on themselves. They're trying to do something for this means of which we don't know if there's this large group, if there's a whole faction. Like it seems like, to be like they're almost organizing everything. They're they're like leading the Titans, almost. right? And you did like you also don't know like why the Titans showed mm-hmm. up. What are they really? And you still don't by the end of this the first Wait, season here. So, nope. gentlemen, are are you saying that uh, all of these Titans are? human beings that can turn into titans or are Not, you saying that's just a special case no that's only certain, certain ones human that beings look, can do it they they look particularly like the ones that look like they don't have any flesh that look like they're just muscles. right yeah. yeah they're all anatomically correct with the yeah. muscle sinews and, yeah and those are the ones that they're insinuating that have human beings controlling uh, inside okay. kind of like how aaron controls himself except right. he's kind of uh Different aspect of that too, because he's still, still got skin. Yeah. Mm. And then the the one that pops up, the female one, is another super like just muscles. And- yeah. Okay. I mean, they almost capture her, and then she finds a way to summon a bunch of titans into the forest where they capture her. And then doesn't one of away. them? What, doesn't somebody refer to her as like the the titan with the nice ass? <laughs> <laughs> well, I might have missed that. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost positive someone said that. <laughs> I think it was. The, wow, that titan really I has a nice was, ass. I think it was the general, but I'm not sure. The, yeah, that would be something that General Pixis would say. <laughs> the one with the nice ass. Yeah. He's drinking his like whiskey or whatever out of that little canteen. Mm. I don't know. Well, I mean, then the, after the capture goes wrong in the woods and she gets eaten by those other titans, she ends up killing like everyone who's in Levi's squad with the exception yep. of Levi. And Can't Mikasa. kill Levi. Well, no, he's, just, he's the biggest badass in the show. He's the American badass. Oh, know. he's a Japanese badass. They, they were like he's, talking he's rumors like on him. Cold of- and he, I guess he had like over something like over sixty Titan kills, which is yeah. just like if you see the rate at humans like getting killed by Titans, it's just like that's ridiculous. like phenomenal, yeah. It's a, it, but you know the thing that pisses me off once again about Levi is like he seems to have such an ego about him. It's like if he shared his technique with the regiment, you know there could be a lot more Levi's. I feel well, like, his squad was like notorious for being able to kill, like go out and just like destroy Titans. Yeah, they're like one of the few. Well, why aren't they training other squads so that there's more people with the same capabilities? Because, That's all I'm wondering. Because nobody wants to volunteer to be in the scout uh, regiment. Okay, because they'll be like most of them will be wiped out. All right. Oh, and, that uh, makes sense then. Okay. And he's one of the few people that trusts Aaron 
that he's like he's gonna see what like he find out what he is. He almost seems like he knows what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Levi bit. and the general, uh, like the, the head of the scout regiment. That guy, yeah. None of that. I mean, things get really interesting. I mean, the very last arc, they they try to capture the female Titan again. They find out who it was. It was the uh, female classmate who kind of taught Aaron like a little Muay Thai. You know, so oh, okay, martial yeah. arts. Yep. Yeah, she was. Uh, yeah, she was in the top ten. She chose to go into the uh, military police. So, so they, there was a reason for that. They have her cornered. They're like, "Oh, we need some help sneaking in." They tried to trick her, and they're like, "Yeah, I'm not going into that tunnel." And then they're like, "Oh," and they're like, "Oh, well, the jig's up." And then like, you got no way to like create yourself and get into pain. And it turned out she had this special ring that had a spike on it, and yep. she just opened it and clapped her fist, and she shed blood and turned into the female Titan. And now she's the female Titan inside Wall Cena, mm-hmm. which is just not going to make anybody who's in the nobility who lives in that area, like, happy whatsoever. And it's funny, because I was trying to figure out who it was that was, like, that female titan. And I was like, oh, I can't figure out who it is. You know who would make a good titan? Is it that that girl who was really good at fighting <laughs> and the training parts? And I, was, I had that, and I just didn't connect the two. And then yeah. it turned out to be her, and I was like, oh, of course, of course it's her. I thought that, but I just yeah. didn't think that. Right. So then, then there's this whole exchange. The Titan's on the loose. The scout regiment's trying to wrangle her up. Aaron can't turn into a Titan for some weird reason. Finally, oh yeah, he's just biting his hand. Yeah, yeah he's just like mutilating himself. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and it's just like, it's just like really kind of hard to watch. And finally, he gets this pep talk by one of the biggest cowards, but somehow he decided to join the scout regiment because there was this one friend who ended up dying. Yeah. He was going to join the military. Where there's a little bit of a gay undertone to their relationship. The one that died and the guy who, I feel like there was like a sort of a a little bit of a relationship there. There easily could have been, you know. I think they they were just kind of really good friends. I mean, I wouldn't put it past them. They've done that sort of thing in anime before. There are those two girls, the one who likes to eat all the time, and then there's this other Mm -hmm. one who's kind of like a butch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like the one that likes to eat all the time. She's she's funny. Yeah, she's funny. Is she (laughs) heavy set by any chance? No, she must have really good metabolism. Oh, okay. One of those people. No one in anime is heavy set. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Women in Women in anime aren't fat. <laughs> they're all, they all have perfect bodies. Yeah, they're all pretty much the same size. Yeah, they're yeah, all. There aren't too many. They're all. There aren't too many heavy chicks. They're all, uh, thin, busty gals. For the most part. And like, one's a nerd. But, and, uh, uh, <laughs> and it's like, they have glasses, and still, a thin, busty gal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a dork. Well, we did and have a perfect ass. <laughs> we did mention before that uh, a lot of these animes tend to stray from the from reality, and, and, and they mm-hmm. sort of create their own realities in a way. So um, it would make sense then that whoever is writing these mangas uh, likes to see scantily clad uh, female mm-hmm. characters. So there's nothing. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. But uh, where I mean, where it goes from there, Aaron finally turns into a titan. And, and how does he finally accomplish that? Uh, he just he just finally gets the determination. It's, he, it's he, all determination, he, you know willpower. He he There's something the, he thinks about, right? I think, it, is it something to do with Mikasa? I think. I think some more people die, and then he's just like, "What are you going to do?" And then finally, he's just like, "I'm going to kill all the Titans," <laughs> and just gets like and really he, psycho, like I'm going to kill all the Titans, and he changes, and he hulks up. Then he totally hulks <laughs> up, which leads to let me like, tell you something, brother. 
we're going to kill every last one of those Titans, brother. Which leads to, like, a two-episode long, Except he didn't like... say Titan. He said the N-word. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hogan. Uh, uh, sigh. Yeah. Well, anyways, that leads on to one of the most... One of the best fights that's like turns into a two episode fight scene, which it just turns into this brutal street fight, like tons of people end up losing their homes and end up dying mm-hmm. while well, these two titans are rolling around trying to kill each other. The female titan tries to get away, even though she ends up finding a way to like completely just tear off Eren's like titan legs. Oh, and yeah. he ends up like running after her with his arms and catches her on the wall. And just keeps smashing the head in repeatedly. And it was about to tear her out of the body. And then uh, Levi finds a way to like cut Aaron out so he doesn't take it too far. And hmm. the girl somehow finds a way to encase herself in this hard amber material. Oh, right, right. And they... Oh, yeah, because that's one uh, thing. That's one quality about that, that female Titan is she could... Um, like focus on a certain area that they're going to attack, like the back of their neck, right? And just harden it and like armor it somehow. Yeah, yeah. Which made it really hard to kill. And, yeah, that's yeah, also cr- incredibly cheap. Yeah, you know, <laughs> cheap. You get these titans with all these, you know, abilities to begin yeah. with, and then it's like, oh, but this one, you know, she can fucking she can create you, you can't armor. Even, you can't even cut a neck, though. <laughs> they regenerate, and this one's got Have a fucking one, invincible though? neck, though. <laughs> Have yeah. you seen this one though? You better call the fucking aquarium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, and that's where it leaves us hanging. And then you just kind of wonder. And once again, like, they're left with like the scout regiments, mm-hmm. like, under investigation, sort of, because they were, they're not allowed to be anywhere near or inside Walsina. Oh, and uh, meanwhile, they're kind of looking for Eren's, um, like, cause he knows that there's something in Walmaria. Yeah, yeah. Well, his the, old home. back in his at the basement in his old house, he keeps having this flashback that his dad like was the one who somehow did some like we're guessing mad scientist stuff that like somehow made it so that Aaron could turn into a titan. Yeah. So he wakes up with this key to the basement around his neck, and that's one of the main reasons why they actually want to get to Wall Maria again so they can go to the town and try to investigate what and happened. and see and what what his dad had down there that might mm-hmm. have any. Uh, answers to those uh, questions. Yeah. And that's something that I'm sure they're going to explore in, in, more in season two as well. Cause you know, he, he's able to, you know, when, when he, when he gets the general's ear, he's able to convince him of, you know, this secret yet extremely pertinent information that can be found in said basement. And the general basically says like, it's not that I don't believe you. It's just that we have no proof. So right now, we are going to focus on patching up the wall and killing the titans that are in directly in the way. And uh, we're going to investigate this whole basement thing later. But mm-hmm. he doesn't say, like, oh, you know, shut up, kid. You know, he basically says, like, oh, you know, I'm sure you're right, but we're just going to have to get to this later. Because, so. Yeah, because a lot of these higher-ups, it seems like there's there's some secrets there that are, like, like they they kind of know what's what's happening, but they... They don't Just know the full story shut. of it. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's like an overall conspiracy. Like, what would the overall the human population do if they realized that somehow, like, humanity had the ability to turn into titans, like, mm-hmm. the whole time? Right. I think that'd just be one of those things that would just drive people more berserk than they already kind of were. Mm-hmm. Getting a little cutthroat over bread. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you throw something bigger than that at them and forget it. You know, they can't even, you know, get to get along with, you know, feeding everybody. 
And, and they mention, you know, just that resources are so low that, uh, human extinction is, is a possibility regardless of the Titans themselves or not, just because yeah. of the way everything's been so poorly run, you know? Right. Uh, which, you know, it, it, like any good story in, in any medium, whether it's, you know, graphic novel, television, movies, anime, what have you, um, when you finish any kind of a story arc or a season or anything, you want to leave your viewers, readers, consumers, what have you, on the edge of their seat waiting to see what happens next. That's obviously like the formula that has worked for decades and decades with story writing. And uh, here, obviously, you know, we're left with some very thought-provoking scenarios where we have sort of an inkling of things that are going on but we don't really know the full story but we know that there's characters in the story that do so it's just leaving you so much to think about and from what i understand uh season two should be out next year Mm. but if you're like really anxious to find out what's going to happen you can go back you can read the manga you can find any of this manga at your local comic book retailer and uh you'll be able to find out there what's going on i might actually do that before season two comes out Mm. I I have a li- I have a little I like to make my little uh, fan fiction predictions of uh yeah because I I think it almost turns into like a Gundam Wing type of thing where it's like you're controlling these giant uh not robots but Titans instead of instead of robots as Titans where you think so gonna, they have like different skill sets and things you're like you're gonna that. find out that like there's this like cabal like these six human beings and they all turn into a variant titan type yeah because it's like and they're like the ones pulling the strings yeah i could see that like they and they you know certain titans have certain uh different techniques and skills oh yeah 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 and like each one's like a bad guy that ends up getting their own arc and then aaron has to somehow find a way to defeat each of them right that'd be awesome which common anime theme so it's probably gonna happen (laughs) Well, I happen. mean, the, this one's been fairly unique so far. Well, like that, the female Titan could caught, like could make armor wherever she wanted to. It's at a place right herself. now where so the story like that was her. The that story was her has power. special ability. Yeah. yeah, the story has lots of uh, lots of different directions it could really go to right mm-hmm. now. So now, see, like I'm the kind of guy who, like, I always like to, you know, I'm big with the conspiracy theory stuff. I, I just, I love, you know, I take it with a grain of salt, but I, I do love reading it. Um, and this is something where I'd kind of like to see now, I don't know how, you know, you mentioned like the, the royalty and how they seem, we have a feeling they know what's going on. Well, we actually haven't even really been introduced to like the shot callers of the human race. We have not. Which is essentially what they are since all of humanity is behind these gates. Unless they somehow link in other things that like way beyond their home and their walls that there's another bastion of human existence that's fighting for their own survival out there too. Hey, you know it's heavy. That could be like a sides like story like attack on Titan South America or something, I don't know. You said shot callers, right? Yeah, yeah. I thought you said shock callers. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> like like they have shock callers on all of us. Like, like don't do that. Like buzz, right? Yeah. Does that make sense? No, <laughs> the shock. I I I get this. it. I, it's um, it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got jokes. But uh, very interesting the way they leave. They leave off 
uh, leave the story for us. Um, so, you know, we got a scenario here. Uh, we can't wait to see pan out for season two. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. This has been very productive. Any uh, last minute things you want to add about Attack on Titan, gentlemen? It's been very good, and I'm looking forward to the following uh, following seasons. I'm looking forward to it too, and I gotta catch up on my anime. I am also looking forward to it, and I also have to catch up on. And my, my girlfriend's anime. gonna be coming in like two weeks, so uh, we get, and she really wants to watch Death Note with me, so I gotta watch that. So we, we well, can, uh, we can do uh, that'll be something an episode. Yeah, maybe, I maybe, uh, yeah, maybe you know we should watch Blow it through as well. Death Note and watch and do an episode because um, I'm sure we're gonna do uh, another one of these anime specials very soon. Uh, maybe we could have her on the show and she could be like, be like, what do you think about Death Note? And she'd be like, I liked it. <laughs> well, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed. It's good. I wouldn't be opposed. Uh, absolutely, um, but no, it's just it's it's a. Anime is just a, a incredibly fun uh, artistic medium that I can't wait to dive into even more so than I just have. Uh, and this, the stories that have been coming out of the medium have been uh, just extraordinary things that you just won't find in you know uh, uh, cable television or HBO or even uh, on the silver screen. So. We will certainly uh, be covering the medium again, and we'll certainly have more fun animes to talk about. So, gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, discussing Attack on Titan with you. Uh, for all those of you listening, uh, hopefully uh, you learned as much as I have regarding uh, the anime medium. And we'll be back at you next week where we will do an in-depth update on DC Comics. I'm Andrew Puzak of Vigilant Geek Media, and with me as always is Holden Orm of Vigilant Geek Media. And we want to thank special guest Nathan Burke for coming on the show this week, providing oh, us with his anime knowledge. Thanks for having me. And uh, we just want to remind you all to, as always, stay, stay vigilant! vigilant.